Windscape Chapter 10 Boats and Birds After negotiating the gangplank, or whatever it was called, Jenny moved, as she'd been instructed, in beside an elderly couple. Pavel and Lord followed suit. Pavel has suggested that they try to blend in with the other passengers as much as possible. Because they had Lord with them, however, they ended up being restricted to the main area beside the purser's office. Dogs aren't allowed anywhere else inside the ship, explained Pavel. Well, let's go outside then, said Jenny. I've never been in a boat before. Pavel slumped, but it's freezing and... Jenny put on her best. I'm just about to cry face. Fine, moaned Pavel, scanning the other passengers. Don't put that face on, Jenny. I'll think I've been mean to you. You are, said Jenny. Pavel sighed and pushed open the heavy door that led out to the deck. It was already light, and Jenny rested her elbows and chin on the wooden railing as he edged out of the inlet. She felt the vibration of the boat run through her. Gulls and seals sat motionless in the slate grey rocks that dripped with seaweed. Pavel pointed out a giant skewer. To Jenny, it looked like a massive brown seagull, but Pavel explained that it was a close relation of an albatross and that it ate other birds' chicks. That's horrible, said Jenny. That's the circle of life, replied Pavel. Just how many of those stupid sayings and phrases do you know, said Jenny. Pavel laughed his freckles wrinkling together. Thousands. This is the way I learned your language. Gaelic is my language, reminded Jenny. You know what I mean, said Pavel. When we first came here from Poland, we lived near Glasgow. It was pretty tough. What do you mean by tough? asked Jenny, her eyes still fixed on the flurry of foam that formed lace-like patterns around the hull of the ferry. Pavel took a deep breath. I didn't speak a word of English, and they used to put me into school anyway. So what did you do? asked Jenny. I learned to survive. I learned to read people's faces, some basic words and stuff, and then I found a book of sayings. The other kids laughed when I tried to say them in my accent, but that was better than being bullied. They hurt you. Sometimes, said Pavel. Were they worse than Sandy Murdoch? (laughs) Much worse. Pavel rolled up his sleeve and showed Jenny a scar on his arm. You're kidding, she gasped. No, said Pavel. There was a boy called Flynn who was just plain evil. Pavel shrugged. Still, all's fair in love and war. That wasn't fair at all, said Jenny. I suppose not. Anyway, after that, Pavel rolled his sleeve back down. We moved here. So, are all the Glasgow kids like that? I mean, nasty and stuff, asked Jenny. Pavel laughed. No, don't tar them all with the same brush. Jenny screwed up her face and then said, That's another stupid saying, isn't it? Not so stupid, said Pavel. Mostly Glasgow's a great place. Flynn was just a bad egg. He sounds horrible, said Jenny. As the ferry moved along the inlet and out into the minch, Jenny craned up at the red and yellow funnel. How does something this big and heavy even float? Pavel laughed again. I don't know, but I'm glad it does. Are you two not cold out here? said a familiar voice. The young man who had bought their tickets was walking along the green painted deck towards them. 
Not really, said Pavel. What about you? Just getting a breath of fresh air? Something like that. The young man smiled and offered his hand. My name's Brad. Brad Miller. But everyone just calls me Wendy. Jerry smiled and took his hand. Pavel was smirking. Wendy? Do you fancy some breakfast? asked Wendy. But what about Lord? blurted Jenny. Pavel frowned at her. Lord? said Wendy. She means Billy, said Pavel. Very religious, urging, always saying little prayers in her head. Oh yes, very religious, stuttered Jenny, knowing fine well that she'd never been to church since her mother passed away. Tell you what, said Wendy, we all know that Billy has had his breakfast, so how about I bring you a couple of bacon rolls? That way you don't have to leave the doggy's own. What do you say? Fine, said Pavel. Jenny wasn't sure that she could keep up all the lies through breakfast with Wendy. Wendy gave them the thumbs up and disappeared back into the boat. How weird is that, said Pavel, him being called Wendy. He works with the wind farm people, explained Jenny. The letters on his jacket. Brilliant, said Pavel, a serious look forming on his face. You're joking. It was much warmer inside the boat. Lord, or Billy, as they now had to call him, soon fell asleep at their feet and their bacon rolls arrived in a plastic tray. There you go, said Wendy. Jenny wondered what age he was. His legs were pretty gangly and he had a clumsy way about him. He spilled half of his tea over his lap and burst a barrel pen, all in about ten seconds. There, he said, finally. This bacon roll is just a job. He took a bite and ended up with three inches of bacon rind and a dollop of tomato sauce in his black trousers. Jenny giggled. So you build wind turbines, said Pavel. Mmm, said Wendy, his mouth still full. They gave me my first job. He finally swallowed and sighed. So you're not worried about the effect windmills have on the bird life? asked Pavel. Jenny's smile faded. She thought that this was kind of rude, especially since Wendy had just bought them breakfast. I'm sorry, she said, grimacing at Pavel. No, no, it's a fair question, said Wendy, his face becoming more serious too. You're worried about... Two things, really, said Pavel. Firstly, the scarecrow effect, and secondly, the arms actually hitting birds. Wendy looked quite taken aback. Yes, well, you've done your homework, said Wendy. Sorry, um, what was your name again? Um, um, Tom, said Pavel, quite unconvincingly. Well, Tom, it's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? Is it? answered Pavel. Well, yes, said Wendy. Pavel took a slurp of tea before saying, This scarecrow effect. They reckon that the windmills scare off the birds for miles around, stop them nesting. Wendy considered this for a few moments and then said, The turbines, or windmills as you put it, seem to have an effect on some species, but not all. And they'd only have an effect on nesting for, say, half a mile and... And that's all right then, is it? said Pavel. Jenny cringed. You have to be careful where you sight them, explained Wendy. Pavel straightened in his seat. What about that windmill in America? I read about it on the internet. It kills more than 1,300 birds of prey every year. Again, stressed Wendy, that's down to where you put them. You can see why people are worried in our island, said Jenny in a conciliatory tone. 
Of course you can, said Wendy. But tell me this, how much more damage to those birds and us might there be if we continue to ignore global warming? Have you any idea how much the sea level is due to rise? I suppose there is that, mused Jenny. Oh, come on, we don't even know if that's really what's going to happen, do we? said Pavel. He gave Jenny a stern look. Such big questions, said Wendy. All I know is that I joined this wind farm company to help the planet, not to do more damage. What do you do exactly? asked Jenny, maintaining her more friendly tone. It's my job to find the best sites, said Wendy. Somewhere you can reach the bets limit. The what? asked Pavel. The bets limit. It's the exact place where the maximum energy can be extracted from the turbine. A few yards either way can make a massive difference. But Wendy slipped a copy of the pocket guide to British birds from his jacket. It has to be somewhere with the least environmental impact. He waved the book and smiled. Just then, a tannoy announcement echoed across the boat. We regret that due to an unforeseen technical problem, we will be diverting to Loch Madi on the Isle of Eust. Estimated time of arrival in Newig is now 11am. As Wendy flicked through the pages of his bird book, Pavel caught Jenny's eye. She could tell they were in big trouble.